Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I'm honored to have my guests today uh, who are from the New Zealand Army. I'd like to welcome Sergeant Lloyd Rakopai and Sergeant Melissa Lusty. Thank you guys for coming through. Hey ha- Reese, thank you for having us. That's all right. I'm um, hoping you can educate me on, on the New Zealand Army. And uh, So how did, how did you guys uh, decide that the New Zealand Army was going to be your thing? How did you decide that you wanted to get into the army? Was it always was it always something you wanted to do, or was it something you just a spirit of the moment just decided to do? Uh, probably for myself, uh, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. Just move a bit closer there. Yep. When um, I was at school, my I think it was my last year at high school, New Plymouth Girls High. I um, went to one of the work experience weeks. Yeah, I don't know what they call them these days, but. And then, yeah, I got to stay in Linton for a week. And then from there, at the end of the year, I was still like, what am I going to do? And then just filled out the application online and jumped on the bus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was it yeah. was it how you thought it would be? Um, no, nah, I guess I just sort of went with an open mind. Yeah. I Yeah. Everyone was pretty excited that I was going away. My family. <laughs> I guess it, I, I live in a small town, you know, so to leave and jump on the bus and head off. I don't know. Yeah, I just I just went with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What about yourself, Lloyd? Uh, well, I think for me it was um, it was in my family. So my grandfather or my great grandfather was in the Maori Battalion. Um, also, my grandfather on my mother's side served compulsory service. So um, it was always there. Yeah. But then um, my brother also joined the Navy. Um, and so my father asked me, uh, he said, boy, what are you going to do? And um, I actually told him I want to snowboard for the rest of my life. But he said, no, because um, I'm from, I'm a Waikato boy. I'm a farm boy from the mighty Tomaranui. Oh, yeah. Um, but he said, no, you're joining the army. So that was me. Um, that was my only option. So uh, I had to listen to my father. So yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much how I'd done it. Oh, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. So how, um, how often or how many people do you get on average a year trying to enlist within the army? Oh, well, for the so I, I recruit for Defence Force in general, so Army, Air Force, oh, and right. Navy. Okay, yep, so yep. we we have a lot of people uh, apply. Um, the numbers, yeah, I'm not really sure of the numbers, but there is a lot, um, and I think it just comes down to it is a a great career. Mm. Um, there are a lot of things that people can do in the Defence Force, but it comes down to also why people want to join. Um, I guess for myself was because I'm a a farm boy I have that protective nature and like to serve and being brought up um, with my Maori culture and on a marae you know I wanted to continue that and then um, being in the defence force I have been able to continue that and now I never thought I'd be a recruiter yeah but um, yeah I get to do that cool stuff and go to schools and, and go to field days and stuff like that and I think that's yeah, where yeah. you met me yeah 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 that's um, right <laughs> so yeah it's pretty uh, it's pretty random how everything's all worked out but you know, it's, it's pretty awesome at the same time. So, how do you guys assess people when when they want to enlist? Because you obviously you have to make sure that they're physically fit, right, yep. and psychologically stable. Yep. So, how how do you assess people? Like, can you immediately tell from meeting someone where they're like, mm, "Nah, this is not the career for you." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, as a as a defense recruiter, um, there are stages that have to go through. Yeah. Um, there are boxes they need to tick, and i.e. fitness is one of them. Um, but then also qualifications like uh, 
NCA, they need to meet the minimum standards. Yep. Minimum standards being NCA level one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other requirements like health, um, oh, sorry, medical requirements and security requirements. But when you say security requirements, what do you mean exactly? So typically we don't recruit people who have a criminal record, obviously. Of course, yeah. Because when you're wearing this uniform, you've got to uphold certain values and standards. Yeah. Um, but typically as a defense recruiter, I can kind of, you can kind of tell certain people that, you know, oh, maybe they might struggle in some areas, but, you know, some people have surprised us. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. What Would you be able to give a rough percentage of people that surprised you? Oh. Well, you probably, because well, how long have you been a recruiter now? Uh, so I've been a recruiter now. This is my third year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, typically if you if you look at someone and go, oh, yeah, they'll make a good uh, individual in the defense force. Yeah. Um, I can generally speak, someone been making a good soldier in the army, I can I can typically pick that up. But, um, you know, where people surprise us every day, like I even had a testing um, assessment day yesterday and some people surprised me on, you know, I didn't know they'll do so well on certain aspects, but they didn't. You know, um, it is enjoyable seeing people um, do well in certain areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there, because is there a psychological test that you guys, uh, like, that the people have to do when they enlist? So there is... Or is uh, it like an interview sort of process? Yeah, so the first process, they, so they have to go through, um, like what I said, the medical checks. Yeah. Um, and then medical checks, and then they've got to do... What are, like, psychological, like, because I would imagine it would probably be a small number, but there'd probably be some people that have... Yeah, like they just want to get their hands like maybe on a gun so they have an itchy trigger. Yeah, yeah. Trigger. So the, well, through the medical stuff, the medical history, that's all covered through there. So that's, that's like the basic medical checks there. And then when they come through, they have to pass our written tests. Then after that... Is that multiple choice or do they have to write out? Uh, so, so some of them are multiple. multiple yeah, so, some of them are multiple choice. They, yeah. they actually haven't changed the tests. Uh, they've only changed them slightly and then like um, over the time like when I tell the individuals that come through the testing that I've done the same testing as them. So, yeah. Um, but then they have to go through an interview phase as well. Yeah. And depending on what... Is the interview phase with you? Like one-on-one with you? Uh, it depends on or what... Or is kind, it like a panel of people? So it depends on what kind of... Uh, what trade they're going for. Right. Um, so typically, uh, I, can, I can speak on um, the Waik- Waikato region. Yeah. Um, I would generally... Maybe interview some of the individuals going for army or navy, um, and then we have another individual working on office who will recruit people we're looking at applying for the air force and navy. Um, however, I can interview people going for all trades. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that's because I have a better understanding of the trade. You know, I'm right. not going to interview someone who's looking at going for the air force if I have an air force counterpart in the office. So that's, yeah, yeah, of course, works out perfectly. Oh yeah, mm. and. Um, do you often get people that enlist that are, are really, really good on the physical aspect, but then maybe they have some medical problems or something that prevents them from being able to enlist? Would there be because I would imagine that there'd be some people that enlist that wouldn't even know what the medical requirements are, and that's how you filter them out through the processes. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. We we have heaps of people like um, who find out things about themselves that they never actually knew. Like we have individuals who never knew that they were colorblind, for instance. Mm. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So we have that test as well, just a basic uh, colorblind 
last test. Um, but yeah, we've had people come through like that as well. Mm. Oh wow! Okay, mm. so would there be some people that come come in though that with a massive attitude problem? Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, and you quickly uh, sort them out. Oh well, what do you mean? By, if you mean by sorting them out? <laughs> well, like, I don't mean like physically <laughs> hitting them or anything. But no, 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 no. But you know how you're watching like some of those films, those military films or anything. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess when it comes down to you know if individuals come out like that, then the written tests, yeah, you know, kind of that, that sorts them out, or our physical tests that sorts them out um, because they can see that hey, oh, maybe I'm not so good at the written stuff or. Maybe I'm not so, or as fit as what I thought I was. Yeah, yeah. Is there? Do you have a balance of both female and male that enlist, or is it predominantly male? Uh, so we. Or are you having more females these days? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're definitely pushing for more females uh, to join the defence force, um, but males and females, um, I'll, 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 I wouldn't really know on the demographic on what what individuals we we do recruit um but yeah we'd love to recruit more females into our organization um and melissa can probably talk more about that yeah do you want to elaborate um (laughs) which part (laughs) well just Um, in terms of what you see in terms of females um enlisting do you see the number increasing yes definitely yeah yeah um yeah it's and it's definitely has increased from when i joined there's sort of like a handful of us in each trade sort of thing Mm. and then yeah definitely over the years there's been more and more females coming into the defense force which is great yeah that's good that's good yeah and just equality and all that good stuff i'm wondering um i had a guest on last week uh professor holly thought she does sports sociology and she was stating that um Esports like video games is, mm. might be incorporated into the Olympics. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'm wondering in this day and age, because I would imagine that video games has become this huge, huge thing mm. that it might prevent people from doing a lot of physical fitness. Mm. So I'm wondering if a lot of younger people these days mm. would there be a drop off in enlist, um, enlisting from young people as a result, or they don't meet the criteria, or have you had to bring down the criteria a bit? In order to, in order for some people to meet it, is it just regards fitness? Yeah, yeah, in regards to fitness, because I know a lot of people that just sit on their ass and just play video games. So, <laughs> like, you know, they don't do any physical fitness. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, for our standards, um, you know, over the years, uh, it's definitely changed from, I guess, when I changed, uh, when I joined. Yeah. Um, you know, when I joined, I had to do a two point four k run, and then now it's. Um, a, a thing called a beep test. Have you done one of those before? Oh, yeah, I've yeah. done those. I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. So that's really much the standard. Just take it down. That's the standard now is a beep yep. test, uh, press-ups and, and sit-ups. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, like, the generation now, you know, they're unfit or whatever. Um, you know, we, we still keep those standards. Yeah. Um, and we get individuals who come in and you know smash the standards. So, and we still need those. We still need those type of people to come through who have you know play video games or whatever because they are good at certain things. So, and the trade zone yeah, specific. 
What like what specifically would they be good at? Like anything involving like problem solving, communications. Yeah, communications. Signals. Um, signals so people that w- want to either work with computers or. Um, um, do you you don't allow mobile phones or social media on site? Do you? In our defenseful spaces. Yeah. 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 You do. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Only in certain buildings, if there's a uh, security or anything like that, then they might have to put them away or turn them off. Or Generally, though, mm. just like any other job mm. oh, okay. our phones on us and yeah really okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think a big, a big one <laughs> I, I'm just very what do you think like, we really do yeah. <laughs> well this is why i have you here <laughs> so i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so in terms of in terms of the drills and everything that you do mm-hmm. so when you first joined what was some of the stuff you had to do when you first were in the when you first got enlisted both of you yeah um sort of drills like Oh, just what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Because I don't think a lot of people actually know what the New Zealand Army does. So, I mean, it's not like you guys are often going to war or anything. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, when I first joined, I was sent to my um, company in Linton, 10th Transport Company. Yeah. So I'm a driver by trade. Oh, wow. Um, and then, depending on what was going on, you might sweep the yard a little bit. <laughs> Because obviously when you first joined, you had no licences, like you weren't qualified, and you'd have to wait for courses to come about. So then you could jump on your courses and then be qualified. So I was actually really lucky. Um, As soon as I joined, I got to jump straight on a course that got me my class two um, truck license, heavy truck license, and my dangerous goods and forklift. How Um, how long does it take to get that? That was thirty days. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty small. And then small chunk of time. Yeah, and then from there, obviously, you're like, sweet, got my license. And then you're, oh, so part of that is that uh, we have familiarization courses as well for, for the different vehicles. Yeah. And that can be um, a week to two weeks long, depending on what the vehicle is. And you'll get qualified, so then you can go out on your own and you, you're good to go and do tasks, whatever do you push, they make you do. Do you, do, do you push uh, a lot of the the people into doing different, different uh, courses? You're like, oh, you'd be good at if you do this course or you should do this course or um so with each trade you generally have to do the courses oh you have part of your trade yeah there are other all arms courses that um you may or may not do yeah but yeah each trade will have specific courses so that you can grow learn get promoted and then go into different roles in that trade right okay interesting have you guys ever been involved with anything though that you wouldn't expect like i i i remember watching this behind the scenes footage of lord of the rings mm. and the new zealand army was actually involved in that yeah yeah so i think um oh, i'm not really i wasn't this? there no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, i think well this is back in like 2001 or something yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember someone talking about that they got some of their guys and been painting like orcs i think yeah, well, I yeah. know there was there was this one bit I think in Return of the King where they're running towards like the Black Gate, but it was shot I think near Mount Narahoe, yeah, Mount yeah, Ruapehu. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently, because you guys do a lot of a lot of training and stuff around yeah. that area, yeah, and they were worried that there were mines uh-huh. in the ground, and so they had to sweep the area uh-huh. to make sure there were uh, no they mines. They should have or... been all cordoned off, like yeah, if there yeah. were areas. Yeah, yeah, just but be... I think I think they were still worried because they, they feel, <laughs> they, they're like, oh, we're pretty certain we got rid of all the mines and then they got all of the cars to, to like run. We think so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they weren't completely sure. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's in um, yeah, the behind the scenes footage, I think of yeah. Return of the King or something and I remember re- watching that and I was like, that's, 
that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering how, how that stuff even happens. Um, oh, so, so like how, how, would, how would something like that, like how would you get involved in a film set or anything? Is it, do they ever shoot any films where your military area is? Well, what's that film called with the boy um, oh, in the wilderness or whatever it's called? That Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that it? And they and they shoot that um, part in the zone. Oh, is that with the like the police cars and yeah, and they're chasing them and the tank in, and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's was that shot our, there? It's in our training area. Oh, oh. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like zone one. Yeah. So, have you guys driven a tech? I haven't. It's probably the only thing I haven't actually oh, driven. I, I definitely haven't. That's not not my trade. So. No? Yeah. yeah. You, do you want to drive tech? Yeah, that'd be cool. If I, I I think I I think I have arcs before, but. You, do you need a you need a license or something? <laughs> yeah. Sure. So as I was saying before, with the um, familiarization courses. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I've got the license to drive it, but I haven't done the fam. Mm. The fam. The fam familiarization oh, right, course. Okay. Sorry. So, so I know all the buttons and gadgets of the um, vehicle and know actually what how to drive it. Yeah. Getting taught how to actually drive it. Mm. Well, uh, how would you? Yeah. Would it be that difficult to drive though? Because it, uh, it can't move at much fast speeds, can it? The tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How fast do you go? Yeah. Jeez, they go up at least 120. I don't they, know. Maybe because I see on films it looks like the they're slow roads. in comparison to a car. Maybe. I don't know. So with our labs, um, they're, uh, they're, they're able to go on the roads. They're legal to drive on our roads. And so they go up to 100 would, would, Hold on. Which which roads are we talking here? Like the around roads. the military area? Like normal roads? Normal roads. Yeah? General public roads. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. But then the big, big, big ass tanks, obviously not. I think I saw a tra- tank we, on Trade what, Me. What do we have bigger than Oh, we that? don't have a, any big tanks you might be thinking of. Yeah. Uh, we just have the, uh, how many wheels are they Six. Six wheels. Six wheels. Yeah. Oh, so that's a pin scar? Oh, uh, so a lab, I'm sure they have about eight. eight. Oh, I'm not really sure. Let's have a look. <laughs> Hold it that's up to the camera. That's not our trade specific, Hold it sorry. up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Not, uh, one, yeah, eight. Eight, eight wheels. Eight wheels. Yep. So, that's it. so can you guys fly? Oh, oh wow. So that thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Can you guys fly a helicopter or anything? No. Do you know that stuff? <laughs> no. No. Again, though, I would love to learn how to do that. That'd be pretty awesome. So, how how do you decide? Like, if you wanted to, let's say hypothetically, that you wanted to learn how to fly a helicopter, what would be the process for you now? You'd have to service change. <laughs> yeah, so um, that trade there is only in the Navy and the Air Force. So, Oh, okay. So there's no military, like, helicopters? Yep. yep. So that's in the Navy and the Air Force. Okay. Um, so have you ever had someone that enlists in the Army mm-hmm. and then you say to them, well, maybe you'd be better in the Air Force or the... Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah. So definitely. So we, as a recruiter, that's what we do. And that's our job to kind of maybe um, change them to a different trade or whatever and we find that out through the interview phase however when they join as well they can potentially change later on say after three years or something like that um, and go and do another another trade so they could change trades within the army or they could service change mm. and change from navy to air force mm. or is that a quick um, process i mean how long would that take i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine it would be straightforward no, no, it does. So. It does take a while. Um, it all depends on uh, coursing um, if they have um, the availability for that individual to to change over. 
Yeah. Um, if they perform well or, or not. So. What's the? Uh, is there a like out of the air force, the navy, and the army? Mm-hmm. Which one would get the most people enlisting? Army is the biggest. Yeah. Um, Do you advertise them all equally in terms of how yeah, you get yeah, the word yeah, out? Yeah. So when you go to so when you go to schools. You're speaking about all three, or do you focus in on one uh, no, particular we, area? We speak about all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, army because army is the biggest, and um, people see army most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, people don't really see the. I would say the air force. Yeah. Um, or the navy, really. Um, so that's why people are like, oh, you must be in the army. And then my colleague, who's in the air force, people think he's in the navy. And he, I he, think yeah, some people get them mixed up. The yeah, yeah. And, the Air Force. and then he's got because doesn't the the uniform look similar? <clears throat> doesn't it? Oh, uh, it, it does. It does look similar, even though he's got like Air Force on his shirt. People still say, "Oh, are <laughs> in you a ma- are you plane in a ma- on his shirt." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people, quite... people aren't observant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, we, but we do all wear the same. We all have mm. the same MCO uniform. Yeah. But yeah, they'll just have different patches. Mm. To represent so do you from. do you, like with that uniform is there thick padding underneath it oh no that's just natural mate oh sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. about it <laughs> <laughs> um no nah, so we have different types of uniform yeah so this is just our everyday yeah, yeah, yeah dress and then we have uniform for when we go away on training and stuff like that um so what type of, so how how is that uniform different to that one the the one we were was training has pads on the shoulders, so when we wear our like uh-huh. our weaving and our pack and stuff, it assists yeah. with that. And then it has different material that's more breathable, so we don't overheat. Ah, uh, uh, true. Yeah, but we are looking at getting different types of uniform now. I think it's uh, some of it's already come out. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Just changing it up again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so do you guys are like for like military training? Do you sometimes have to go out in the wilderness and stay there for like a couple of days? Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Like how how often would you guys do that? <clears throat> so when you first join, um, either Air Force, Army, or Navy, you have to do a th- uh, or used to do a three month basic training. It's now four months, and during that time, you'll learn the basics of the Air Force, Army, and Navy. Specific specifically for the army, we have to go away and work in. Oh, we call it the field environment or working in wire military training. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where we learn the skills on. Uh, Just basic soldiering skills, basic weapon stuff, handling, yeah. how to put up a hutchie, which is a little tent. Mm. <laughs> What's it called? Hutchie. Hutchie. Yeah. yeah. Is that like a slang name or is that like a it's the actual name? Hutchie. It's the actual name. Yeah. Yeah, I remember looking it up. Hutchie. So if you look it up on Google, yeah, it's a hutchie. How's it spelled? H double O T C H I E. Yeah. Yep. Hutchie. Yep. I'm writing that down. I gotta check that out afterwards. Mm. Hutchie. Okay. Um. What else do you? But like? you get, you get, yeah. yeah, you get taught all that stuff. Um. Even down to like how to cook. Um. You know, some people have never ever cooked. Out of um, what do you call them? The fire starters and um, like making. Oh, noodles. so do you have the full-on camping gear? Yeah, like the ration packs. So like yeah, the yeah. 24-hour packs. We have those, and we teach them how to cook those. And I you guess know. it is like camping. Yeah, got, but like just camp. a bit yeah. more restriction. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> do you? Did, with it, uh, is it done in groups? Yep. You yeah. don't just send someone out and just be like, no, on no. their own, and be like, fend no. for yourself for so, like a day. So every everything you do in the oh, in the military, yeah, um, you're taught it first, and then you demonstrated it, and then they'll watch you, make sure you know how to do it, and then they might let you go and practice it by yourself. So everything is taught. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool though when you get to go out and in the wilderness with your group of people and cook your stuff and you're like, wow, this is so cool. I've got mm. my two minute pack of noodles and I guess that's when you really start <laughs> to learn about yourself as well. Yeah. yeah putting yeah. into that environment. So with you with you guys particularly, was there a specific point where like you you did something that you didn't think you were capable of? Like a, I feel like it's happened a lot in my career. <laughs> I don't know if I just lack confidence <laughs> or what, but um, even just some of the physical activities like pack marching. Yeah. I don't know, say 12Ks, you mm. know, with your 25 to 30Kgs on your back, it can be quite um, challenging. Yeah. But I, to be honest, I would say a huge thing is mental strength. Mm. And just yeah. learning how to push yourself and that you, yeah, you just got to keep going. And mm. I have definitely grown a lot in that area. Just so do you see some of your colleagues who like might be struggling psychologically and then you, you'd be like, oh, hey, yeah, you can do this. That's huge team. Yeah, team. Yeah. Yep. There's no iron team. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you push that. But do you ever get some people, though, that try mm. to, because maybe they've been conditioned from a young age to just, try and fend for themselves and do everything on their own and you have to retrain them to kind of know yeah do this as a team yeah definitely yeah yeah Yeah, and so you uh 99 percent of the time you're in a team you're in a section at the least Mm. um whatever you're doing especially in the field environment when you're training out there and they say you're as strong as your weakest link yeah so you have to work together right um, and make sure that that person's up to scratch and, and you're supporting that person. Yeah. yeah. So how how are you guys, like, were you guys, I'm not, this might have been before your time, like, in terms of, like, the, the Christchurch earthquake and stuff, mm-hmm. like, how how would the army be involved? So I went down and delivered portaloos to um, residential areas where, obviously, their systems had been affected. and. So you have to drive down? Did I drive? I think, yeah, I did. There's a group. So what? Because you'd have this to drive. So because so you, your base is so near, near the summit of um well near Mount Ropehu. So you'd have to drive down to Wellington, get on the boat, yeah, and then so drive all the way down to Christchurch. At that time in my career, I was posted to Linton in Palmerston North. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and where I was working, we were doing sort of rotation with drivers. So like every week, drivers would go down supporting however delivering toilets for example and then um a section would come back and just rotating out like that for mm. weeks well there's still i mean i just went down there recently and they're still yep. rebuilding so yeah. yeah i i can't even imagine because i hadn't been there prior to the earthquakes mm. so I, I have no i, I can't compare anything so mm. I, I'm, I'm it must have been pretty bad when you were down there yeah, you've seen some bits and pieces. To, I mean, I wasn't there straight away. I probably yeah, went yep. down about maybe three, maybe even four weeks after it happened and okay. people were still needing supplies and bits and pieces. So how long does it take the New Zealand Army to respond when, when an event like that happens? Well, we what, were down yeah, there. There was yeah. a ship down there So there was a, at the time. When that effort happened, there was an actual... Um, Exercise a defence force exercise. So you had the army, air force, and navy. They were they were already there. They were already yeah. there, and then oh, it happened. Wow. And then um, they were actually waiting to go down there. Um, oh, so that's yeah. okay. The Canterbury well, ship was at Littleton. Eh? Yeah, 
Yeah, got rocked. Mm. I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you, were you, were you... I wasn't on it, but my partner was on it. So you're on the ship. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for my trade, so I'm a, I'm an engineer by trade. Um, our jobs down there was to get ready to build bridges for any damaged bridges or anything like that. And then our other job was to supply uh, drinkable water for the city. So we have these units called reverse osmosis units, which uh, sit in um, shipping containers, and we put them down at the beach and turned uh, salt water into fresh water. Oh, wow. Mm. So how long does that process take? Uh, I'm not really sure because I'm not qualified in that, in that unit, um, but that was our main job. And we had people coming up just continuously grabbing water because um, they were there was a struggle there to get fresh water at the time. Yeah. And then we had other individuals um, in the CBD itself assisting um, with people as well. As well, Yeah, so it was a pretty horrific time. Yeah, yeah, mm. I bet. Because <clears throat> you know how sometimes there might be an earthquake way off, you know, mm. near Samoa or something, and then, yep. you know, there's a tsunami warning. Mm. Are you guys immediately on standby while you're while waiting to see if it's going to hit New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Time. I would say our two trades are pretty much in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it does um does the army have have they been is, have there been excessive talks about you know climate change and sea level rise and how how you guys can prepare for an event like that if I don't know the the, um. the seas right right um raised by like. 10 meters or 8 well, meters or something we go and help out in a country called Tuvalu which is oh, yes. the, uh, one of the Pacific Islands um, so we've been there a couple of times um, Army Air Force and Navy yeah specifically I can talk about my trade going over there same again to help out with fresh water yeah um, yeah because a couple of times they do run out of water which is pretty essential so were you there recently I wasn't there recently and I haven't been there but um my trade has been over there a couple of times. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we're always getting ready to help out in the... So you guys are always prepared for worst case scenarios. Yeah. So just generally mm. at my work, we have a system or I don't know what you call it. It's called Opafina. And we're always ready to go. Like we're always have our... Um, always stating how many vehicles we got for transport. Yeah. And then the supply will be like how many... Uh, how many ration packs they've got on standby we're always ready to go mm. if anything okay. happens and and that's even just in new zealand bad weather it's like if there's a storm coming we're always like just double checking making sure that we're all yeah. good and what's available and the people that are around so that when it does happen we're, we're ready to move do you guys have like a uh a- contingency plan or like some type of second military <clears throat> base like say if mount ruapehe because you guys are like right by mount ruapehe oh yeah, so, we, so if like a massive eruption yeah, happened, yeah like that would pretty much be wiped out that base wouldn't it so we have um five army bases in new zealand we have three air force bases in new zealand and one navy base oh wow yeah <laughs> and they're all scattered i imagine all scattered so everyone yeah. thinks that if you're in the military you live in wairu <laughs> but um no it's uh yeah we have yeah, quite a few bases. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we have satellite bases all over New Zealand. So for us, um, G- uh, okay. we work in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So where, where's the military base in Hamilton? Oh, so it's just a, a, a building. Oh, just a building. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, you guys are just based. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get people, you know, with the uh, the base that's based at Waihuru, mm-hmm. do you ever get people that are trespassing? Like, 
just says do not go here mm. and then people still go there and i know with drones for example people mm. just flying them anywhere i i got a drone a while back mm. and there's a caa they've got like a map that shows you where you can and can't mm. fly yeah, yeah, yeah there's a massive section obviously that covers yep. the military base but um but i know a lot of people that they don't mm. even check that yep so i'd imagine there'd still be people that uh, fly the drone yeah well, you get people especially in waro who you know like to take photos and stuff and go and especially with matt rupay right there yeah might venture off into the wrong area um even when there's signs there yeah like- even when there's signs there like i remember uh especially there's a there's an area um where matt rupay was um where we do a lot of our demolitions training but it's over a k away from um the main highway but that's what i just for people's safety you know you got to make sure you listen to the signs because it's there for a reason yeah yeah um but yeah some people do like to venture out have you ever had like people flying drones around there though like no i've never seen that you've never seen that because if if they did it'd be shot out of the sky straight away wouldn't it no no it wouldn't no no You'd It'd be, be like, a sighting report and then it would yeah. feed back and yeah. then there'd probably be another sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, something like that. It'd be only if someone ventured into an area where um, people were training, um, you'd get a someone probably turn up and say, hey, um, you might have to turn around because this is a military area and you're not supposed to be in here. Well, the problem is with the drone, right, is you can fly it like k's away from where you're even standing mm, so mm. i could be say standing here and then i'm flying the drone out at like hamilton lake yeah yeah so yeah. Like, i guess you wouldn't even be able to tell the person hey you're flying it in the wrong yeah area. yeah 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 so I, that, I, that's why i'm asking mike would you just shoot it out of the sky no well no, uh, there's got to be someone there to do it as well <laughs> yeah there's not is it's not always someone mm. training and loading yeah yeah I mean, the reason why I've asked because obviously you see in the news a lot about how people yeah. are flying drones around but airports. But it is it yeah. is definitely coming oh, to the yeah. attention of the military and just mm. how accessible the drones are yeah, and well, what's going on. Yeah, that's right. They're re- but, easily accessible to the public. Mm. Um, but it hasn't really filtered down anything too mm. serious yet for us in any of the camps or anything. Does the army use drones? Yeah, we've got yep. drones. Yep. What? What? Uh, how big are they? Oh, I'm not sure actually. I've seen pictures of them, but yeah, I don't, I don't Are they know. small like the ones, the, the accessible ones, or have you got those? You know how you see the big them, ones. Like, oh, about yeah, them. like the big, big. Have you got the, have you got both, or are they just. Oh, I have And, not, and, I have not, and, yeah. and are some of them autonomous, or do you have to fly? Someone has to fly them manually. I've only seen them being flown manually. Yeah. Mm. So, you guys, would you be keen to fly a drone? I think. Any yeah, questions fine. around driving tanks, <laughs> helicopters, drones, I would say I'm, I'm keen to drive anything. <laughs> <laughs> are, most, are most people who enlist, do they ask these type of questions? No, uh, like, have you shot anyone? <laughs> well, no, no. Well, I haven't asked you that question yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, people do ask, like, you know, have you driven a tank, blah, 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 like what you have asked. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I haven't because it's not my trade. However... I'll be keen as to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I think some people just think you're in the army, you can drive a tank, mm. you mm. you shoot so, all the, you're mean, shooting guns all the time, and I think there might be some. I would imagine you guys would probably uh, have people asking you questions because there's a lot of misperception. Yeah, too many to, movies. Yeah, as to what you guys do, <laughs> and like yeah, and a lot of the movies that are being watched, they'll be based on American military, which yeah. is very different to we're New just, Zealand military. We're too small. 
we're we're really just about supporting other elements. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. we we're not going to go out there and cause a war on our own. So what happens? <laughs> what know? happens if there is like let's say I don't know, America went to war with China or something mm. because we're allied with America. Yeah. Uh, what would happen in terms of the support you'd give to America? Would it just be? Would you just simply just send a whole bunch of people there to assist? I mean, really, would we have that much effect? I don't know. I mean, one of America's bases is like the size of our whole military. <laughs> like, yeah. they're just they're huge over there. Yeah, yeah. But you know how, like, every time America's gone to war, Australia and um, New Zealand have assisted in mm -hmm. some way. So I'm just wondering what the what the process is. I guess it depends on the whole situation and if and they actually... Much, uh, Yep. If they actually requested our assistance, um, and it depends what they're looking for, there might be just specific trades that they need more support in in that area or whatever whatever it is that they're doing. They might be like, "Oh, we need a hundred engineers. We've got to build this bridge or something. Can you yeah. guys support us that way?" Or we need a hundred drivers because we've got to move this to the, from this place to this place. Yeah. It'd be more the background work, right, behind the scenes stuff that would probably be more utilized. For. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys would know, but do you know how much communication? The, the defense force has with the government with the sorry say that again with our government with the, yeah with our government not america's government or anything but our government in terms of they might uh you know in terms of funding or additional money or sending like say you know if some war broke out let's say in hong kong or something and yeah um the government would probably obviously have some talks with with you guys in regards to so it filters down yeah Mm. We're just a number <laughs> kind of thing. In the bigger picture, we I mean, we do our jobs and everything, but we don't generally have a say on anything that happens up mm. in the government yeah. department. Well, how far would it filter down before it reaches you guys? Because it would, it would eventually come all the way, but there's obviously a process, so and it depends what it is. Okay, because I don't know the structure. So after sergeant, what's the next ranking? What's above sergeant? Oh, so when you join, uh, so Air Force, Army, and Navy, they have their own different rank structures. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and they, there's actually heaps of them, so I can't even, I don't think I even, can even say them all. But you can either start mm. as a... Um, so uh, as, a, as a starting person, like a trainee? Yeah, you, you, can, you, can, yeah. you can either go through two pathways. You can go through the officer pathway, which is the manager pathway. Yeah. Or like the like the worker pathway and then so mine and melissa's pathway we were like the the workers and then we started from the bottom so melissa started as a private i started as a sapper there are different names for different um different jobs and um we can just keep going up and up until we get to a certain stage where we might end up changing over to become an officer or something like that um and then we just keep we can keep progressing. The good thing about the defence is that you can continuously progress through. Yeah, well, you'd have a lot of options in terms of where you can move. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was a great person, uh, Jerry Mataparai. He actually became, started from the bottom and went all the way up. And he actually became um, New Zealand's Governor General. So. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So would you guys want to be Governor General? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I'm good enough to be. Uh, yeah. There. I think everyone thinks that. Yeah, Until yeah. they're, you know. Nick Manat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Who knows, even Jacinda Ardern, maybe she thought, oh, I can't be Prime Minister. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's doing a great job. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. mm. So um, do you do you find it easier to recruit 
specifically for the Air Force, the Army, or the Navy? Um, like, is it, is, it a smooth, is it the same process in terms of how you enlist in all three? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it is the same process. However, different trades have different requirements. And yeah. then there are limited numbers for certain types of trades. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would say it is um, individuals, especially young individuals, have more options these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On what they can do and uh, where they want to go. Um, I guess for us, you know, we do have uh, certain things w- that people like, like um, either, you know, serving outdoors or whatever, or, you know, protecting and uh, building on people's values. Yeah. And that's something unique for us. Um, and then Melissa to talk about that, the teamwork environment, which is great. Um, we call it like a, a sisterhood or a brotherhood, yeah. which is awesome now that you'll get in the fence horse here. Yeah. What happens if somebody gets sick? On site, <laughs> uh, so we have um, like, well, like, like say, say I don't know, you guys were out yep. uh, training somewhere, and then someone yep. got really sick. Yep. So, ex- so pretty much being in the defence force is like being uh, like a normal day to day job. Like if you get sick, you, you're going to go to your medical centre and go and. But see like, it. what I mean is like, so because in your guys' role specifically, yep. I mean you enlist, you don't want to enlist people that, uh, you know terminally ill or very mm-hmm. sick and stuff mm-hmm. so if somebody becomes very very sick yep uh i'd imagine particularly if they're very passionate about the army they'd be supported all the way yeah but they'd be there'd be a psychological uh, what's the word psychologically they would be affected mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it might be hard for them to adjust it'd be like having a passion like say in rugby mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. your dream is destroyed sort yep. of thing if, because of an injury yep so how how would you approach in terms of the support that you give them yeah, so we have heaps of um, people that do get sick or injured throughout the defence force, and we have ways and means to support those individuals. Yeah. So, um, i.e., we have our own doctors and medics and stuff like that. On the, on on site. Yep, yeah. yep. So yeah. our own clinics. Uh, if if they can't deal with it, then they can go to um, outside organisations as well. Do you have to uh, regularly have like checkups and drug tests and all that stuff? With people, mm, I guess it's just like any other job yeah. with regards yeah. to that sort yeah. of stuff. But is it like weekly? Is it monthly? Six months. So we have medicals. Yeah, yeah. Um, are they every five years? Yep. Yeah, we have yeah. to do a medical. Right. Mm. And then, well, drug tests—they just sort of come and go. When yeah, <laughs> yeah. This might be a bit of a controversial question, but <laughs> I think it's important to ask yep. because obviously there's this referendum that's going on where they want to potentially legalize mm. marijuana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Are you guys worried about that at all in terms of the effect that would have on people in this? Because obviously from a legal standpoint, if it was yep. legalized, yes, you can mm-hmm. do it. But I would imagine it would still be a no. And, and yeah, well, we have a zero policy on, on drugs in the military. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think, uh, was it uh, is synthetics? Is that, is that legal? That's legal? No, no. no it's it was. It when, was. Sorry, yeah, when it was legal, it was still zero percent policy in the yeah. defense force. Yeah. So. Um, I can't, you know, be much because I I would be worried because obviously uh, alcohol abuse is a big problem. Yes, yeah, so we do yeah, have yeah. rules. Yeah, that yeah. Apply. So so there's no there's no alcohol policy. So all? we we yeah. drink. Yeah, you do drink. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. This is what I'm asking. Um, but because some people so, consider alcohol a drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Per se. Um, yeah, we. So I'm just trying to find out what drink. the what what the 
what you're actually allowed to do and what you're not allowed yeah. to do. Because then I would imagine, because this is what usually mm. happens, right? <laughs> is something gets legalized yep. and then they keep pushing it mm. as far as they can, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, if you look at it this way, if it's going to hinder your performance in the defense force scene, um, I would say that defense force is not going to allow it. So yeah, yeah. even if it does. And I, I think it's right yeah. to do that. Um, I don't know what they're going to, what they're going to say about, if it does get legalized in New Zealand, but um, have there been talks? Have you heard of talks and meetings or anything about this? Well, my, I don't know. My view is probably that we would not be allowed to con- yeah, yeah, consume uh, it, yeah, 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 for yeah. a certain time until it's sort of introduced properly into the country, and just because we'll probably just go by other companies yeah. and see the effects. I mean, I, I understand that we're sort of watching Canada closely. Yeah. On yeah. How well, this is the this is the argument that a lot of people. Is... This is the argument that a lot of people. Well, you know, particular mm. people like say Chloe Swarbrick and stuff use. Um, that's why. That's why I'm interested. So, so you guys can drink. Yeah. So, so we have what to is stop it like? Just drinking. one, 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 one beer, or what is it? Well, it's just like like same again. Um, if you think about like a normal job, um, you know, we're all adults. If you want to drink, you drink, but making sure that you drink responsibly yeah um so if you think of going to a university or going saying no not university is probably a bad example actually yeah. <laughs> um you go to a normal job you, you do the uh we we drink alcohol but obviously yeah well like say I've, I've worked at jobs and yeah, yeah you can obviously drink off-site yeah. and stuff and there's no you know there's no testing or anything no so but i would imagine because alcohol would hinder your performance somewhat so it depends it? we there's been situations where we'll have to go away on an exercise and stuff and there, it'll be we'll call it the dries so you're not allowed any alcohol it really depends on the activity mm. and what's yeah. going on so for me being a driver combat driver by trade we have um restrictions like we have to stop drinking 10 hours before we drive Oh, so right. we get a good rest, alcohol out of the system, we're good to go the next day sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you ever get some people that, you know, because they might... Oh, yeah. They, 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 they can't get... go a week without a drink and then you guys can go do some military exercise out in the WAPS mm. and there's no um, no drinking policy and they're like... Oh, I, I haven't really come <laughs> nah, into... No, I've never actually had Well, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. But then at the end, <laughs> there's normally some sort of function and we'll celebrate finishing yeah. a course or an exercise and we have a few drinks to celebrate and talk about yeah, what happened. Which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, Wind down. Yeah. Do you, do you have people that enlist though that don't know about the no drugs and alcohol policy? No, no. So they're told that straight away. Like right from the get-go. Yep. That's like the first thing you yep. say? Or? Oh, I, I make sure that they know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, um, what, you introduce yourself and say no alcohol policy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no drugs. So, no drugs. Um, and that's in their... Um, that's definitely in the induction phase. So after they've been selected for either Army, Air Force, or Navy, they're told on the on the induction day, which is four weeks before they leave on the bus, yeah. that we have a zero percent uh, drug policy. Do you still have people try and slip it through? Yeah, you might, might get the old people trying try and sneak in a beer yeah, or something. Uh, a beer, a beer is fine. So that's fine. So people can drink in the defence horse, but the the drugs is that's the one where we might we might have some people try and. Uh, test us yeah but then you know at the end of the day can you, can you give me an example of you snapping someone out oh no I, 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 don't, I can't really think of any to be honest yeah with you, but, right. that's right um, 
but it, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, if you want to do that stuff, then you know, you pretty much just wasted your time because you know, if you do get caught, you that's you. That's it. You, there's no second chances. No. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's a waste of your time, waste of our time. So. So do you have people that are on the list and then they might not meet all the criteria? Maybe, you know, they're fine mentally, yep. but they don't meet the physical uh, criteria. Yep, yep. Do they, like, try and re-enlist again, like, maybe six months later or a year later? Or is there a down period before they can try and get in again? Or is it just like, nope, you don't get in, so that's it? Yeah, so we have stand-down periods for a lot, a range of different things. Um, physical, physical is quite... Um, so if someone doesn't meet a physical standard... It is quite easy to to train, yeah. so we have a lot of people. Um, I can talk about here in Waik in the Waikato um, that aren't so fit. Maybe they haven't trained in a while, and they're like, "Oh," I'm, and they, they even come to me and say, "Hey, mate, I, I haven't bloody trained in like a year or six months. Can, uh, can you help me?" And yeah. that's, we can help people like that. Mm. Training people physically yeah. is really easy. In, in comparison to trying to, to change someone's psychological yeah. Yeah, yeah. state. Mm. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Do you guys, in terms of the test that you do, is there like computer tests you have to do as well? You know, like a typing test or anything? No. So no. they're all uh, handwritten at the moment. Um, and so people have... Because this day and age where people growing up, you know, kids, mm-hmm. they don't even, in some schools, they don't even teach how people how to write. It's mm. all just, uh, you know, computers and iPads yep. and stuff. So yep. would you get people that come in and they don't even know how to write properly with a pen or a pencil? Um, but they, they would be I don't a, know if we've come to that yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Maybe I'm, in another ten years. <laughs> no, <what's> so, <laughs> so is there is there anything in place to prepare for that though? <clears throat> would you have to change the I suppose the well, how often do you change the the period in terms of uh what's required to get in? The prerequisites. Um like how often would they change every so five years or every the the tests the tests have changed slightly, but um in terms of the the attribute test, so the written test they have to do. Yeah. So, so what's 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 the what's the requirement? So there are six tests. Uh, six written tests. Six written tests they have to do. And then uh, they can be trade specific as well. Yeah. Specific, and then there's yeah. another two additional ones that they that the Air Force have to do. So potentially eight tests they have to do. Wow. Okay. And yeah. what what's required for these written tests? What do they have to do? Do they have to write like an essay or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Um, so the generic six, six tests, uh, the first one is uh, intelligence test. Um, intelligence uh, test? Yep. In terms of uh, what, so testing to, the IQ? Yeah, yeah, to yep. see if they are eligible to become uh, managers or officers in the defense force. Uh, the next one is a reasoning test, which just deals with patterns. Uh, the next one is a basic mass test, um, which is pretty good. Uh, the next one is... Uh, like a uh, verbal test, so they deal with words and speaking uh, ability. Uh, more more spelling and seeing if you can connect words together. But it wouldn't be like a spelling bee, though. Like, please say exaggeration. How? Do oh you, no 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 no! How no. do you spell exaggeration? <laughs> no no no! It's just um, we give you the first uh, two letters of a word, and you have to find out what. Um, oh, that, what the remaining letters would be. The remaining letters are, and to spell it correctly. Oh, right. Um, so that's the. What if it's a? What if it's two letters that could spell multiple words? Oh, the words um, that we put there, you know, they are challenging. However, uh, it starts off easy and then it gets harder and harder towards the end. Right, right. Get to a certain um, level. The <laughs> next, the next one is um, advanced math, so that one's a bit harder. Advanced math is it what, like algebra. Like yeah, yeah, calculus yeah. Calculus, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All, all our tests are all on our website as well, so people can like download them. Yeah, know, yeah. Mock, the mock exams. Uh, the next one is a mechanical reasoning test. So pretty much how things move. I quite enjoy that one because I'm an engineer. So that's that when you when you say how they move. Yep. What does it has it like a is it like a video of something moving and then you have to no nah, no nah, so it's um you just have to visualize um visualize things on like cogs and stuff like that and how things uh. move um and then yeah that's that's all the tests and then you have two additional tests for people who are looking at um going air force yeah yep is there one particular test that people seem to struggle on um nah I would say people it's either, all over the board all over all over yeah. But, um, we do encourage people to definitely study those tests before they come. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. But yeah. obviously, it's not exactly the same. It's just a mock-up test, right? Yeah, it's a mock-up so test. So is the test actually a lot harder than the mock-up test? Uh, they're very similar, very yeah. similar. Um, so I tell people, you know, if you study for these tests, uh, you're going to pass. Um, you've only got two chances to pass these tests ever in your whole life. So Oh, you only get two chances to yeah, do it? Yeah, yeah. And then that's it? And that's it. Wow. So, um, do you have a lot of people that fail both times uh, I have had some individuals fail and then I had to tell them hey um, sorry you can't ever join the defense force which oh that must be horrible yeah it is tell it people is. that you know some, some people do cry because um, you know it's been their passion their dream yeah yeah but um, you know we need to keep our standards and maintain our which standards is, which is fair enough mm. fair enough yeah. Oh, but it, yeah that would be hard yeah I suppose that's one of the, the cons of recruiting it is because everyone that generally everyone that comes through the door because I'm from the mighty Wakas or that I, I want people to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah to join yeah and so um, you know if they can bring the goods and they've done the hard work like me and Melissa have done it you know and I tell them hey if I can pass I'm a Maori boy from Tomaranui then you can, <laughs> you can, you you can pass, can pass. <laughs> <laughs> just got to put in the hard work you know so is there different so where you do the test so with the written test and stuff yep yep is it based on where each because you said there's multiple bases so would you go to the base or do you just uh so or do you have to go to Wahoo for the testing yeah all right so um those are run at our recruiting centers normally. right so they're like our little satellite bases okay so people in the wakato so, either come here in hamilton right and or then, i can go to their schools depending on what works so, where, so, so sorry where are these our recruitment bases oh so bases? there's one here in uh hamilton these actually, they're all over New Zealand. Mm. Oh, okay. So someone in like a really rural, rural area would be, wouldn't be, they wouldn't have to go that far to, to find a... No, no, no. Place. Or we can talk to the organization and try and get a recruiter to come to them as long as we've got, you know, a couple of people who are keen, um, depending on where they are. But during the test, you wouldn't like, because you know how like sometimes if you're, if you're doing something, like mm. I know this in school, if I was doing a test or something and mm. someone's standing over you while yep. you're doing the test it's really really intimidating but so i'm wondering if yep. you guys would do that during the test just to no no psychologically check no. if they if they could handle it <laughs> <laughs> no no so we just we just watch in the front and okay. obviously that they're already under a lot of stress and pressure so you know we try not, yeah. we try not we to do we want them to join yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want them to join so we might check and see if they have any questions or um that's it and then we're just watching and make sure they're Hopefully they pass. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And how how long do you get with each test? They're all timed. They're all timed. They're not. They're not all after like one after the other, are they? Yep. Really? Yeah, yeah. So and how how much how long for each test? So generally, uh, for those six tests, we would start here in um, at our Hamilton office at around about nine nine thirty, and then they'll finish their tests around about twelve. So all 
All uh, six tests all six by 12. Tests. Yep, by 12. So there's just one after another. So they do each test and then bang and then next one and then... Yeah, yeah, just straight into it. Um, if they're doing... If they go so, from- oh, okay, so they, they don't... So each test though, mm-hmm. they'd be different in terms of time length or is it just you've got this long to do all six tests no so yeah we'll <clears throat> we'll, we'll start off with each different test and then they have different time limits for certain reasons yeah um but they they are one straight after another but we just we make sure we tell them we give them a, bit, a, a brief first and then ask for any questions and we start the timer and yeah it can be quite um challenging for some people but we make sure we tell them you know yeah this is what's going to happen yeah. So, have you guys have any friends personally that are like, "Hey, I want to join the army," and then you're like, "I don't know if you'd fit, man." <laughs> <laughs> or you like, or you like, no, 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 no. Or yeah. you like, or you're very, very um encouraging and like, very yeah. encouraging. Yeah, yeah. My mm. son wants to join the army. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, my my son's uh my son's five, and um I think he may end up joining the army. He's got camo everything now. That's quite funny, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, and um. Yeah, I actually love it. I think it's cool. I, go, hey, I'm not bothered. You got two chances with that test. Yeah, yeah. His his nan just brought him like a aircraft carrier because I brought him um, um, some you know those little army men toys you get from like Kmart or warehouse. Mm. Oh yes, yeah, yes. like so, the GI Joe type. Things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I got him a whole heap of those, and then now he puts them all on his aircraft carrier, which is massive, and he just drives around the house and stuff like that. So yeah, he's got camo beanie, camo undies, camo uh, <laughs> shoes. So was this was this a natural thing with him? Did he just he he just, he he, just kind of just got into he it? He just or? wants came out everything now because I'm. But did you what I mean was like did you try and plant that into him? No, no, I didn't. No, 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 so no. it was just a natural thing. That no, he was just one of yeah, he just he's seen the same same with you. Yeah, I think so. I think he's just seen what I've done and mm. there the is something cool about and, like the army though and the uniform and everything. Like it is a cool thing. Like it's yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like an in thing, particularly with youth as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that helps. It's cool. Like it would be, cool it'd probably be, be harder if like people didn't look at the army in a cool way, but they do. So <laughs> mm. then it would probably be harder to get people to enlist. So yeah, well, I, I take my son to like all my stuff, like uh, when I when I got medals and stuff like that, or to you know um, different occasions and stuff like that. So he sees me, you know, with all that shiny stuff on so he's like wow that's so cool yeah um because yeah. you came back recently from a pl- you were overseas you had a placement overseas or something didn't you you did some assistance somewhere um, overseas. like do you guys go to australia much and help there or anything so there was a an uh, exercise mm. hamel i was i was over in australia just recently though yeah yeah but was that was that for the army or was that just yeah they also help out for uh, young engineering officers oh okay training. so they they so did your uh you know your your commanding officer just be like hey do you want to go yeah yeah, yeah. Australia? so yeah. they just said um go there and help out because we're actually very small like how i was saying earlier yeah, yeah. and so d- we all know each other i mean generally we all have quite tight you- relationships with each other as well and even with our command teams and they'll be like oh yeah i think that person will be good for the job yeah and mm. then so I'm not sure if you me. know or if you can even say this, but would you know the rough numbers of how many how many people in the actual army? Oh, to be honest with you, I actually don't know the figures. You know, I don't yeah. want to say and get it wrong. So, is it? I thought it was mm. about. Is it five, five or six for the whole defence force? If it's wrong, it I can always that? write in the comment section on Spotify <laughs> and stuff that it's actually this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I've, I honestly don't. I have yeah. no idea. But uh, of of the people who are in the army, how many of them would actually have overseas placements or assist in other oh. Depending on how long you stay in. Mm. Yeah. So have you done any, any so stuff overseas? I've been to Egypt twice. And Egypt? Antarctica once. And Antarctica? Yeah. That's an interesting one. I've actually heard that in Antarctica, there's like six months of the year where you can't actually land. or Because it's winter. Yeah, because it's winter. Yeah. Or you have to, um, people have to go out with like lights and stuff to steer the plane because you actually can't see. Yes. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with my train, transport, um, every year there's a ship. So in Antarctica, they have all their different um, bases for scientific research etc so we actually work along with the americans and they have a ship that comes from america on their way to antarctica they stop in christchurch and we chuck a couple of containers on for scott base oh right yeah and we're is that like, just like food and supplies and, yeah, yeah for the year yeah so this is beginning of every year and then i guess th- i don't know exactly how it would go but um because America picks up some containers for us. We send two sections down of drivers to unload and load the uh, the ship. Sorry. Yeah. And Uh, it's about two weeks. Oh, so you stay there for two weeks. About two to to four weeks. Yeah. Because I know there's some people that live on that base like all year. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and we go down and do. um, So this is this is during um, summer. So it's January, February of every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And but what time? What time does the the sunrise and sunset though? It doesn't set at all. Rise. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> in the yes. summer. Yes, yes. That was a stupid question. Yeah, fair enough. And you'll go back to your room to sleep. So I was on night shift when I went down, and it was still, it wasn't bright light, like a dull light. Uh, okay. And then, um, and but it was colder, definitely colder. At yeah, night. yeah. And then you so, go back. But you were able to get to sleep though? Or did yeah, you? you have shutters on your um, windows to oh, okay. stop the light coming in ah, so you can sleep. That's cool. And how many, do you know how many people are roughly, so when you go, how many people of you, how many of you are going to the Scott base? So we'll say about. So like a small group. Um, so you've got transport, driving the trucks, and then you've got movement operators. Right. Who are the ones sort of um, helping with the actual movement of the containers and putting them on the trucks. Right. So ideally, a driver will just drive down onto the pier and then the move operator will um, take control or, or talk with the crane operators, drop it on our truck, make sure it's all secure, and then we'll have a designation to go, oh. a destination, sorry, to go to and drop the container off yeah. in, in, the, um, in the McMurdo base. And then there'll be obviously our ones that will we'll drive over the hill to Scott Base. Oh, okay, and the other place you said you you did work at was Egypt. Yeah. So Sinai. what was it, what was that for? Sinai Peninsula. So um, we just go and so we have a driving team there as well. So how do I explain this? <laughs> so back in was the early eighties or late seventies, there was a war between Israel and Egypt, fighting over the land of the Sinai Peninsula. Yeah. Egypt won it. And then from there, um, there was an organisation called the MFO, Multi-Force, Multi-Force and Observers. Okay. And we all come together just to keep the peace yeah. from Israel and Egypt. Right. So, and then what comes with that is several observation posts 
um, that go down the peninsula. Yeah. And we, so my job, the first time I went was just a driver to run food, water, whatever they needed at the observation posts oh. or the sites there. So do they, do they approach you with this or did you specifically ask to go to Egypt to do this? So with my trade, it's sort of like a given. If you hang around long enough, you'll get to yeah. go. Yeah, oh, okay. And everyone wants to go to Egypt yeah, 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 yeah. to so work. You saw the, so you saw the permits yeah. and everything too. Yeah. And yeah. then the next time I went, I was sergeant, and um, so it was different rank, and I went over as a driver trainer. So I was the person making sure that all the um, other soldiers from the other forces knew how to drive our vehicles in camp, like pretty much like a fam, and just made sure that they knew what they were doing and that they actually had a license to drive and then I just give them a little ticket and they're good to go. You guys sound honestly like you got like the best jobs ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> like honestly, it just sounds so cool. I kind of wish when I was younger now that I'd like enlisted in the army, but I didn't, so. <laughs> like what's the cutoff age actually? There's no cutoff there's age. There's no cutoff yeah. age, yeah. So I guess that'll get filtered out like with everything else if you can do the fitness mm. and. Yeah, yeah. So I, I obviously you'd get predominantly younger people as opposed to older people. Though then, what do you define as older, I guess? Yeah, well, we get people, you know, applying at 16 and a half and all the way to where people apply. Um, we had an individual who was 54. 54? Yeah, yeah. So that's one individual. And, and, he, and he passed and everything? Uh, she. She, sorry. Yeah, she <laughs> was applying. I'm not sure on how she went, but... Um, you know, in the defense force, is not about age. So age only about enough. I know, but you know how there's, as you get older, usually your body slows down. Slows down. Oh, no, to be honest with you, I would say, yeah, um, they say it does. But to be honest, um, as you get older, you get more, more mature, more experiences. Yeah. Or you just um, smarter. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of David Sinclair? He's this guy studying to reverse aging because he believes it's a disease as opposed to something that's natural. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, oh. he's, and he's working on, um, basically, we have seven genes called sirtuin genes, which control the age of a person. Mm -hmm. And so he's working, he's studying at the moment, to, and he's taking, he's, he's formulated these pills, mm -hmm. all these drugs to take, which he's testing on himself. <clears throat> but yeah, he believes that there will come a time where you can reverse aging. Wow. So yeah, theoretically, you could be 120 and still be in the army. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Get rid of wrinkles. Will I be around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we, like, if, if it was to become a mainstream thing, it'll probably be the next generation that get the benefits of it. Probably yeah, not yeah. us. Our children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. good for them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, hey, uh, I might wrap it up there. Unless there's anything else you guys want to cover, anything specifically that you think the public should know. I think, I think a big one for us is, um, you know, if people are looking at, you know, potential career in the defense force, try not to look at it as like what you see in the movies. Mm. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. A lot of people, yeah, like I even know people that mm. watch movies and they think relationships yeah, yeah. are like the movies and it's like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yes, it's a very, very valid point. Yeah. And so when you say not like the movies. Yeah. What specifically are you saying? So when you join the Defence Force, it is just like a normal job. So once you do your training at the start, then you will go to your job and um, typically from 8 to 4.30, you, that's your job. And then you might have to train on some weekends. You get you get to go out and you know do your hobby and 
you know, spend time with your family and um, all that normal stuff you would do if you were not in the defense force. Um, exactly the same. Exactly the same stuff. And you get to live where you want to live. Like, I live in Tauranga, but I work here in Hamilton, so. Really? Do you commute every day? Yeah, yeah most days, yeah. Yeah. That's a long drive. It Mind is. you, I'm originally from Auckland. and <laughs> Yeah, and I used to live in Auckland as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Shepard's, um, yeah, it's yeah. probably about the same. Yeah, yeah. From driving. But, like, um, you know, the defense was added variety. So, heaps of variety. Like, I've, I've done multiple courses, been to different places, and it's provided different challenges as well. So, that's that's why I'm still in. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. there's a bit of flexibility to it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And Sports like, and education. Yeah, heaps of stuff like that. Like, it's not just about shooting stuff that what people think what we do. Which I, yeah, you know? which is, I think, the mis- misconception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a qualified engineer, uh, assistant physical training instructor. Uh, um, I can jump out of planes parachuting and then you know that. I'm just finishing my diploma in business yeah. um, starting my bachelor in business oh, and wow. like heaps of other random stuff as well so mm. sorry when did you enlist what age 17 okay so 2004 wow yeah wow so um, you know there's heaps of cool stuff you can do not just oh no I, don't, I want them to get a say, say for instance people oh, I, want, I want my son or daughter to go to university you know, you can do that stuff in the defense force. Yeah. Is it, because is it paid for by the, like, because do you, do you still have to have a student loan when you're studying this stuff within the army? So the defense force will pay for you if you want to study anything exterior. It's sort of only come in the last five-ish years. I mean, you used to have to study something that was going to benefit the military. So actually at the moment I'm doing real estate. <laughs> Mm. So wow. like, well, that is the business just... to get into <laughs> with the way houses um, are going. And then, I think a big thing for me is I love playing sports at school. Yeah, I've played netball, volleyball, um, softball for the army. Yeah, I'm actually going to Australia next month to play volleyball for the army team. And go and I'm, play against I'm Aussies. More and more envious of you guys. Yeah, our boys, <laughs> our, our rugby boys are over in Japan right Le- now. And then league, yeah. army mm. league, they go to Aussie next week, I think. Mm. So we work hard. There's obviously times where we work hard. We're away from home, but there's so many other mm. awesome opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, th- I feel like sometimes there's a huge push that for young people. Mm. You have to go to uni have to go yeah, to uni yeah. Yeah. and it's like nah well you know like there's a lot of people I know who go to university and they, yep. they get these huge loans and then they can't pay them back particularly mm. if they can't find work in their field and you know things like the the defense force or a trade mm. uh, can really be beneficial and I think it's yep. trying to and then rewire as, people to look at it in a different way because I think they're mm. quite narrow-minded in terms of yeah well as Lloyd said earlier um, and if you're not 100% with that trade you can trade change yeah and learn something, or if you need a new challenge, or you, so I'm being transport, and then all of a sudden I want to be a builder, mm. you know, yeah. obviously depending on your um, your command team, but mm. generally people will trade change. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like, that's why it's my job to try and tell people, you know, hey, this is the opportunities we can provide. But well, you've definitely sold it, dude. Yeah, well, people, people don't know. <laughs> you could be a salesman outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Here we go. There's well, he is. He is for the defense yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. Here's my new job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, hey, thanks a lot, guys. I yeah. really, really appreciate it. No worries. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to enroll now myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so if anybody wants to uh, enlist or is 
interested at all, they just go on the New Zealand Defence Force website, is it? Yeah, yeah. So you can just go to defencecrees.mil.nz yep. to have a look um, at our website for either Army, Air Force and Navy or uh, part-time jobs. So, oh, yeah. mm. Or just find out where the recruiting centres are. Mm. Yeah. The coast of the it'll be on the internet and do a walk-in if you want. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, guys. All right. Uh, that's the show, guys. Until next time, uh, stay safe.